0: Good morning, audience. I'm Dr. Gulapong Shayyanam from Faculty of Medicine-Drama Hospital, Mahidol University, Thailand. My name and affiliate are as below. It's my pleasure to share to all of you my experience in care of patients with COVID-19. As we know from the beginning of this year, the coronavirus disease 2019 or COVID-19 caused by the severe acute respiratory syndrome or SARS-CoV-2 has become a serious threat to public health worldwide. However, patients with COVID-19 have a variety in severity of the disease from no symptoms to severe respiratory failure. Concerning the appropriate care, our hospital has classified patients into three groups by the severity of disease. Firstly, cohort ward. This ward is for patients who have oxygen saturation room at 95% or more, or oxygen saturation room at 92 to 95%, but can correct to be more than 95% with oxygen cannula, lit per minute and respiratory rate less than 25 per minute. Cohort ward rooms are relatively negative and isolated room. Secondly intermediate ward for patient who needs cross-monitoring but not met ICU criteria. The wall and doors of these rooms are tran- transparent. For clinical observation since the rooms are airborne infection isolation room or AIRR patients admitted in this room can be applied oxygen cannula oxygen mask feedback, and non-emissive ventilation lastly intensive care unit for patients who have oxygen saturation less than 92% despite of oxygen cannula 5 lit per minute and or respiratory rate more than 25 to 30 per minute. These rooms are also rooms that are airborne infection isolation room. Patients in ICU can be applied any oxygen support, non-invasive ventilation and endothelial tube with ventilator depend on respiratory demand. Patients with severe COVID-19 could have multiple organ involvement. Respiratory system involvement is the most frequent. Appropriate respiratory care can increase survival and decrease complications. Besides respiratory care, the other aspects should be also concerned in the management of the patients with severe COVID-19. Firstly, about the AKI management. To care patients with severe COVID-19, we should know about AKI management. AKI frequently occur among patients with COVID-19. The incidence of AKI is higher among patients admitted in ICU and associated with poor outcomes. The study from 13 hospitals in New York showed 37 percent of patients with COVID-19 has AKI and near 15 percent of patients with AKI require renal replacement therapy. In our cohort 8.6 percent has AKI and only 2% of them require renal replacement therapy. AKI occurs early within 7 days after admission or around 15 days after onset of illness. AKI was associated with severity of disease, especially acute lung injury and mechanical ventilation. The risk factors of AKI in patients with COVID 19 are older age, hypertension, diabetes mellitus, cardiovascular disease, vasopressor use, and need for ventilation. Management of AKI in COVID 19 is divided into two parts supportive treatment and renal replacement therapy. Supportive treatment including hydration, lung protective, ventilation, hemodynamic stability, and nephrotoxic drugs avoidance should be performed to all patients with severe COVID-19. Concerning renal replacement therapy, the indication and time to initial RRT or renal replacement therapy are similar to the non-COVID 19 patients. If patient's condition meets the criteria, dialysis should be started. Mode of dialysis is dependent on clinical of patients and available of resources, as well as the burden of care in treatment to avoid unnecessary disease exposure. CRRT or continuous renal replacement therapy should be considered due to less hemodermic instability, superior fluid removal, no additional hemodialysis nerves and ability in cytokine and endotoxin absorption. CRRT can also shift to PIRRT in some circumstances. However, the other modes of dialysis, for example sled or SLED, intermittent hemodialysis, and peritoneal dialysis are also useful. Double lumen for hemodialysis should be inserted under aseptic septic technique and full personal protective equipment. For safety reasons of patients, as well as healthcare personnel Video cameras were applied to monitor the hemodialysis setting and overall patient conditions. The next aspect that's also important and should be concerned is nutritional management. Malnutrition is a condition that results from the imbalance of dietary intake and requirement. The prevalence of malnutrition is high in hospitalised patients, especially critical ill-setting. Patients with severe COVID-19 increase risk of malnutrition due to loss of appetite, decreased food sensation, dyspnea, and increased inflammatory process. Appropriate nutritional support might prevent nutritional-related complications and improve clinical outcomes. Nutritional care plan is a systematic approach to provide high-quality nutritional care, consists of four intercalated steps: nutritional screening and assessment, nutritional diagnosis, nutritional intervention, and monitoring and evaluation. Firstly, all patients admitted in ICU should be screened and evaluated their nutritional status in Thailand the Society of parenteral and internal nutrition of Thailand spent recommended the screening using nutrition alert form or NAF however all validated nutrition screening tools can be used dependent on the familiar of evaluators after screening and assessment process we can diagnose patient's nutritional status the first step is nutritional intervention at least we should know the energy and protein requirement of each patient the energy requirement of patients change along the time. We recommend to use the weight-based equation to calculate the energy requirement for each patient. For critical care patients in the first week, the energy requirement is 15 to 20 kcal per kilogram per day. For critical ill patients after the first week, the calorie increase to 25 to 30 kcal per kilogram per day. Moreover, in severe obese patients or patients having BMI more than 40 kilogram per m square, the energy requirement is 22 to 25 kcal per kilogram of ideal body weight per day. We also recommend to calculate protein requirement by weight. The protein requirement is differ, depends on the severity of the disease and also the inflammatory process. In clinical review patients, the range of protein requirement is from 1.2 to 2 grams per kilogram per day. For severe obese patients, or BMI, more than 30 kg per m2. The protein requirement is 2 g per kilo per day or more. Route of feeding should be step by step as the following. Oral diet, if patients can eat by themselves adequately. Oral nutritional supplement, if patients can eat but inadequate. Enteral feeding should be ordered when patients are not able to eat by themselves. For example, patients with endotracheal tube sedate patients. Parenteral nutrition should be prescribed only when enteral feeding is intolerant or contraindicated. Patients should be immediately fed within 24 hours after hemodynamic stable. Prone position, renal assessment therapy, and exocapillary membrane oscillation are not a contraindication for feeding. Continuous feeding is preferred in patients with COVID-19 due to more tolerance and less metabolic disturbance. In our practice, feeding formula were dripped continuously and dietary bags were changed every 6 hours. However, prolonged food hanging time could result in dietary spot food. Reverse Trendelenburg position is a recommend position for feeding in patients with prone position to prevent aspiration. The last thing for today but not least is about the pressure sore. The pressure sore or pressure ulcer is also important complication of ICU patients. Patients at risk of pressure ulcer are obese as well as malnourished. Because COVID-19 patients with severe respiratory failure tend to be sedated for a long period. And for the reason of personal safety, we try to contact or manipulate patients as needed. The risk of pressure sore increase among patients with severe COVID-19. To prevent the ulcer, Special pressure relief methods and cushions should be applied into wet bearing areas and bony prominent areas. Change position as much as possible and good skin care can also prevent the ulcer. Even though COVID-19 is a new disease and many knowledge of COVID-19 are still concealed. I believe that with our attention and dedication, we can help our patients from this emerged disease. Hopefully, my experience will be helpful for you to adapt for proper management in your hospital setting for your patients. Thank you.